G'day everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the Thong Slappers podcast. This is Simo and I'm joined by our gentleman up north, Redmond. Are you there, mate? How are you going? Have you survived the floods? I have survived the floods, but I haven't got much sleep lately, so I've got a head like a boilermaker's bench. Moving on. Gus, you're back, mate. It's great to have you back for a third episode. Are you sick of us yet or how are you going? No, not yet. It's good to uh, be able to lock myself in a room away from the children. I don't know what they're doing, but um, it's good to uh, escape them for a little while. You know, I would just look on that as living on the edge. See, for me, living on the edge, actually walking around picking up dog shit with bare feet. That's how I <laughs> break loose, mate. That's how I, like, live on the edge. Don't you just wait for them to turn white and then mow them, mow them down with the lawnmower? Look, I used to do that quite a lot. I just mow them all up. But Coco, who's our big dog, I can't remember what sort of dog she is, but she's big and she does shits the size of Air's rock. The thing is, if you hit those with the mower, right, it just about stalls the mower. So I really do need to go around to pick it up because I'm really bad. I hate doing gardening and I hate mowing and doing all that stuff. The edges can get pretty long and she'll actually stealth a grogan amongst all the Uh-oh. like the longer grass and I'll hit it with a whipper stripper and just get sprayed. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. Yeah, I can see why like Italians and Greeks would concrete everything. There's a lot of merit in doing that. It's something I'd love to do. Gus, welcome back to Australia's First and only dedicated streetcar podcast. Proudly brought to you by no one. Um, <laughs> so, it's, so, yeah, so it's Gus, so it's Stay at Home. Like, you've got more nicknames than a HQ1 Tunner. That's <laughs> true. What, how, how, many, how many nicknames does the HQ1 Tunner have? That's good. Do you know what a uh, jugger is, Simon? Or Gus, do you know what a jugger is? No. Is that like a booger that you do with jelly? <laughs> no. <laughs> A, a jugger. That's what you. What a mate is in Queensland. You go jugger. You get a jugger, a jugs, or a jugsy. That can be your nickname. Hey, you going jugger? It's like kind of mate. You know, you can get uh, bunge or bungee. Have you heard someone call their mate bungee? No, I've lived in Queensland uh, since 1980. I've never heard of any of this. Oh, really, man? There's going to be people yelling at this. You haven't heard? Even you know, in New South Wales, it's like butt or bro or brus. You know, and in, in Queensland, it's like oh budgie. New South Wales, you can call your mate budgie, eh? What about just bruv? B-R-U-V. Nah, bruv, that's English, well, mate. That's the fact. You're having a laugh at me, eh, Simon? Hello, John Gordon, you motor. Bruv. You're having a fucking <laughs> laugh at me. That's what it is. Do you know what a fucking nemesis is? <laughs> Have you got a fucking video? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what a QAF oh. is? No. At work, oh, yeah. any of the, any of uh, any truck mechanics out there be pissing themselves at the moment. QAF is the abbreviation. All truck mechanics give electricians, auto electricians especially, it stands for queer as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've even written it on handovers and got to like, oh, I get on the QA, can you get the QAFs to go and have a look at it? It's got electrical system. Ah, don't fucking call us QAFs. I'll get fucked to QAF and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Making friends since 1973, I love it. That is definitely about, a go. What about the word dickhead? I like how the word dickhead has a couple of different variations, like, if you're calling somebody else dickhead, yet you don't pronounce the D-E, it's like dickhead, yeah, oh, you're a fucking dickhead. But if you're calling yourself a dickhead, you definitely pronounce it two syllables. Fuck, I'm a dickhead. It's really funny, that, isn't it? I know you're a stickler for punctuation. 
Oh, look, I just love the fact that different cultures and different generations love still using those words. Like from Midnight Spares, those Vietnamese guys, the guy gets his charger stolen and he goes, bloody dickhead, to Wayne Grubb. It's just <laughs> awesome. I think it's a great use of the English language and there should be a lot more of it. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And A, it's not how you make portage. Oh, hang on, that's not English, that's like Scottish. <laughs> oh, well. No, that's, you know how it goes. I'm a Maui. From Izzari to Happiness Today. Now, that was some good-looking fucking musicians, the Proclaimers. Oh, they were. I was about to say, aye, but I thought I better not. You know, it is the go where we aren't really giving shit to people. We love you all, and we'd be more than happy for you to send us in your versions of us speaking Australian. That'd be more than funny as far as I'm concerned. I think it's always good to have a bit of a laugh at your own expense. Nicknames in the car, you know, like... You walk into a room, it's like, g'day, you know, Tosser and Tugger and, you know, Skipper, you got, you know, Skipper, you give the, you know, the old the supervisor, g'day, Skipper, you know, and there's like show bags or there's Tourette's, the guy that all, you know, g'day, Tourette's. Have you ever worked in a workshop with a guy called Pockets? <laughs> <laughs> show bags, I know that name, yep. but what's it I've got a show, I, I knew a show bag. A show bag. Full is of shit, and, isn't it? And worth, like that? Yeah, full, worth two bucks and full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to high school with a guy they called Hardware because if you wanted something, he fucking had it. Oh, he was like an 87 year old, 16 year old. He'd been there and done that and had anything you wanted. So I remember the day going to his house and he was welding a motorcycle sprocket to the back of a BMX wheel. I knew there was trouble brewing. So <laughs> just yet another one of his unfinished projects. So, yeah, you go through the whole rank thing, too. G'day, you know, how you going, Skipper? Yeah, you know, no problem, Governor. All right, Champion? Yeah, no, no problem, Colonel. You know, it gets all the way up to Colonel pretty quick when you're doing the hellos of the morning. Eh? It's where you put the energy into a room sometimes when you get to work and just start fucking straight away into them, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, it's funny with nicknames. Like, actually, we'll speak about this, Gus. So I'm going to cross my fingers so I don't forget. Like, Gus, how did you actually get the nickname Gus? What's I that got to do no with idea. Paul Cronin? Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. I think um, like on the back in the forum days when people used to use internet forums, Hemi Six Packs, Mopar Market, all that stuff, Chrysler yeah. stuff. I I was known on there as Guruva. Oh, and, of course. And and this is how far back Guruva goes. A, a Guruva is what Hoodoo gurus used to call their fans. Guruvas. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's pretty back cool. Back in the back in the day, in like 1997, when um, I was sort of first getting on the internet and needed a, a name for something. I thought, well, I'm I'm a Groover, so I'll call myself Groover. And I just think the GU, I don't I don't know. It's a fairly long stretch from Groover to Gus, but I think that's the only thing I can come up with. It, it sort of happened around that, you know, Hemi Six Packs time. So yeah, it works yeah. well. It works well. And so, in saying that too, I know that just to mention your YouTube channel is actually Groover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. All things Bogan and Gus Bus videos is under the the like the name Garuva. Yeah, so it all makes yeah. sense. Nice. It's, uh, so back in the forum days, that's like something on a computer. It's not the bullshit root stories in the front of Penthouse magazine, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Read every fucking word of them every fucking I bet you did. month. It was either that I'm, or Dolly Doctor or both. Or if you could cross pollinate Dolly Doctor and forum, you know something strange was going on. I never thought this would happen to me, but I pulled into a service station on an old western road. The girl that came out was short and blonde, but she looked somehow dirty. Oh, fuck, I've got to stop. <laughs> I introduced myself. <laughs> she looked like my sister-in-law. Now I've got to make me stop. I can't even stop myself. Hey, on that, Redmond, your nickname is, of course, Redmond because of your red hair. Is that how it would have started? What's the go? 
Yeah, well, I was my. Uh, we've got a family friend who's passed away, sadly. Now, very close family friend, my mum's best friend, and her name was Red, and mm. she had lovely, lovely big red hair. And uh, my mate in year in kindergarten or year one or something, he just come over and play, and I said, "Oh, Arnie Red, Arnie," and he's just gone red. It is, and from there it was red. And I used to write for a mining magazine in about 2012, first magazine I got to write for. And the lady said, "You're gonna have to have a pen name because we're getting a bit of getting a bit of heat." So, oh, Ralph, oh, Redmond, you know, actually, Redmond Barry hung Ned Kelly, so I kind of was reading a lot of that. So I thought, oh, ah. Redmond. Yeah, it's funny. Like nicknames for me. See, having the surname Major, it's just open slather. So the main ones over the years were Sergeant or Sarge. <laughs> if I had freaking two dollars every time it was called that, like at school. And then of course there was Morris, as in Morris Major, like the car. But Simo's been the mainstay for thirty odd years. The only person who doesn't call me Simo is my mum. And you know, like that's just because mothers don't call their sons nickname normally nicknames tell us how you describe the pronunciation of simo to somebody who's only seen it written yeah well there was a big misconception especially in school another mate who was a simon was actually a simo so he had simo and simo but his was double m which seemed to us to be a pretty logical difference (laughs) and this is something i said to you once and i've never ever lived it down and you still actually will call (laughs) me this I say Simo, you know, like Flymo, like the Mullers. <laughs> so I'll, I'll ring you up, usually when I'm having a shit, I'll ring you, and then you go, Simo, like a Flymo. And I'm like, yes. Well, look, you haven't forgotten it, have you? I normally do the full rap song sometimes, and I've got heaps of time, and you're like, I'm like, Simo, like the Flymo. He's so crazy, he's mowing the lawn in a blackout with his Flymo. <laughs> the whole rap song. <laughs> Yeah, hitting big piles of dog shit and getting sprayed like there's no tomorrow. Anyway. Welcome back to Australia's first and only dedicated dog shit podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, last episode, which was episode 27, we were talking about 2003. Sorry, I was about to say 2005, but I've already been reprimanded for that one. 2003. So... Right, I'm ready. Yep. pages. Is that you? All right. Okay. That's no, fucking Gus. Fucking Gus. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, last episode, we were actually discussing 2003. So there's a little bit to finish off before we kick into Bible studies for this episode. I personally don't have a lot about 2003 left to go, but I did have some bits of housekeeping i wanted to go through so do you mind if i just smash this in here first gentlemen is that all right with you smash away sir as we say to all the blokes now first of all (laughs) you asked me in episode 26 about my favorite moment in forrest gump okay now it's funny as soon as i got off the phone to you blokes and i actually thought about without being on the spot it came to me straight away i didn't even have to watch the movie again it was the part where forrest gump you know he goes running and he jogs for like years and he does miles all across the u.s and he's running and running there's that scene where he's he's jogging along and the guy comes up and says oh hey man i have like a bumper sticker company and he's asking for like new slogans and forrest steps in dog shit like it's my backyard some of those people asked me if i could help them out hey man hey listen i was wondering if you might help me huh listen i'm in the bumper sticker business and i've been trying to think of a good slogan and since you have been such a big inspiration to the people around here i thought you might be able to help me jump into whoa man you just ran through a big pile of dog shit it happens what shit sometimes 
I love that part of the movie. That's my favourite scene in the entire movie. And the thing that I love about that also, whoever directed that film just had the details because if you watch that scene, all the runners in the background, you see them jump and swerve around the dog shit. So the attention to details, amazing. So that's definitely my favourite scene. Also, Gus, who brought this to my attention, but also rubbed it in just to be a clap clap, was the Yumbo was back in South Australia. And you sent me photos slash videos of you eating and enjoying them, even though I know you hate them, just to really rub it in. So. I, don't, I don't hate them. I just don't. I just don't think that they should be held on such a high pedestal because they weren't really that good. <laughs> <laughs> they are ham and cheese on a sesame seed bun of heaven. That's all it is. And the fact that they're doing them in South Australia, like I would nearly fly to South Australia just to go through one of those drive-thrus and get, you know, five or ten of them. That's how desperate I am. If if you gentlemen all look at this see in the podcast all this uh, print that I'm pointing to, that's actually Stargazer. I'll post a photo. This is Stargazer. I've had that on the wall of the podcast for podcast for a while. Yeah. And it's a, a fella staring up at the Milky Way. And I always used to just think that was, you know, called the daydreamer, but it's actually now called Simo. Wishing on a star for a yumbo. <laughs> Works for me. It will happen. I've already said to St. Lucy we're going to Adelaide just to eat yumbos, and she's like, oh, here we fucking go. But that's normal. <laughs> One of the things I've noticed in Forrest Gump since re-watching it, has anyone spotted the old spice bottle? No. Where's that? Well, I cop heaps of shit off you particularly, so I'm at everybody that comes within a 10 foot of me, because I still daily wear old spice. But when Jenny's doing the blow in the motels with the... I think it's Tuesday, Gone with the Wind. It's a Leonard Skinner song. I'm not sure who's doing it uh, in that particular version. When she's in the motel and she's going to jump off the balcony. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just when she's cracking a few of the tubes of, uh, of blow, there's a bottle of Old Spice there. I didn't really care about the cocaine, but the Old Spice, well, that looks all right. <laughs> it's, it's, I actually don't mind Old Spice. I'm just probably more of a Brute 33 man, and St. Lucie even actually bought me some of that the other day to top up my stocks, which is pretty good. It's just like Ford versus Holden, I think, but... I can appreciate both, but I probably prefer the Brute 33. Mm, yeah, well, that's a... Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know... Okay. Look, I've it's better than smelling like an old cunt anyway. <laughs> you have one under... Let's go one under each armpit and fuck the purists up. Oh, oh, now you're talking. Now you're talking. I think the fact that you just use something like Brute 33 or Old Spice, that fucks the purists enough, because they'd be going for something like, not so much Lynx, but something like Norsk or something really traditional, you know, a real traditional, unadulterated, normal type of deodorant. Very plain, very boring, very matches numbing. Oh, matches numbing! I did it again! <laughs> Fuck! Numbers every day when I, matching! This is why I can't day. be a purist, I can't even say it properly. Every day when I shave, I use a proper shaving rig. I've got like a little razor that you replace none of that plastic shit. I've got proper mix up the soap with a little brush. And I feel like I've said this before. Every day I feel like Johnny Cash. So as I start shaving, I, I start, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Every you day. yourself while you're singing, trying to do that? No, nah, I'm very, okay. very good at, good at shaving. What the hell is this shaving thing you're talking about? <laughs> You do have quite a prestige. Actually, you are the mutty of the year with that beard. Sorry, the mut. But what can I make a beardy? You're the beardy. Hairy fucker <laughs> of the year. Um, that that right, was I'm the with- comment where atmosphere come to die. Hey, listen, exciting news. Drag Challenge Weekender for Street Machine Magazine is on again in Queensland, 3rd to 6th of May. 
That is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Friday is, of course, registration scrutineering day at Willowbank Raceway. Saturday, racing Willowbank. Sunday, racing Warwick. And then Monday, returning to Willowbank for day three with a shitload of driving in between. Now, Gus, I imagine you're going to be there in person. Special guest star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be on the gate like I was last year. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll come through and give you a high five because I'll be there too. Yeah, so I'm only, you can pick me up on the way. Yeah, righty-o, moving on. Hey, lastly, for a bit of prelim to our new episode, I just want to take a couple of minutes to thank everyone out there who helped us donate and raise $1,000 for the Pickett family. Now, a little bit of background here. Saul Pickett and his beautiful wife, Michelle, their son, Lucas, who's nearly four years old, he was actually born with a heart condition and he requires open-heart surgery. These are a great family. They're just normal, everyday, hardworking people like the rest of us going through a really tough time. And poor Lucas, little fella, he's had that many doctor's visits and operations. But something was really been burning me about this whole situation. And look, Saul's a car guy. He's always you know, been into cars. He's built a couple of cool cars. And as part of this process with Lucas having his operation, he needs to take six months off work to sort of stay home and look after him. So Saul being the daddy is, no worries, mate. I'm selling all the projects. I'm selling all the toys so he's put his cars up for sale to generate some cash to sort of see him through that six month period anyway he had his Valiant for sale so he actually built it for his wife nearly 20 years ago so it's a really cool thing it's V8 it's a great car and he put it up for sale and I think he had about 15,000 on it sort of factoring in maybe someone offering him down to 14 which was a good buy I mean the paint's really good the interior's great runs well of course as we all know trying to sell a car of this era you're not going to be selling it to someone wanting a daily driver so I guess the pickings kind of get slim with as far as the sort of market you can sell these cars to anyway one particular gentleman was interested in it and he knows the situation like he knew why Saul was selling the car that was a genuine reason for sale so over the course of a few weeks this guy sent you know requested photos and he's been on the phone with him a fair bit as you you know entitled to do as a buyer there's no problem there the whole time He's telling Saul how much he's fucked the car by not restoring it to original banks, the factory V8, and he's giving him a hard time about why'd you do this mod or why'd you do that mod or why did you throw out the original engine 20 years ago because it had a rod through the sump and was seized anyway and basically giving him a hard time. And Saul would sort of say to me, I'm really struggling to keep my mouth shut because this guy's pissing me off, but I need to sell the car because it is a big situation. So look, the guy has said, listen, I'm interested in 12 and a half grand for the car. Would you would you take 12 and a half? This was a negotiation they had from after being lowballed a bit lower than the 15 asking price. So Saul's agreed. Yeah, mate, no worries. I'll do the 12 and a half. He didn't really want to sell it that cheap. In fact, he didn't want to sell the car at all, but situation and circumstance meant he had to. So the guy's driven from wherever he came from, like it was quite a fair drive, five or six hours with a car trailer to come pick up the car and said, you know what, mate, I'm not going to give you 12 and a half. I'll give you 10, 10,000 cash and I'll take it now. Saul is between the rock and hard place. He couldn't tell this guy to get fucked because he needs the money. And he's sort of in that situation where, 
you know, normally if people want to lowball, that's fine. And if people want to accept it, that's fine. Normally people would say, well, Saul didn't have to accept the money. But the thing was, he kind of did because he needs the money to get them through to help with Lucas's surgery and the after effects to keep a roof over the head of his family and, and keep food on the table. They've ended up negotiating to 10-4. And this guy's driven away, citing the fact that he had to hire a trailer and spend money on fuel as a reason he was offering over two grand less. This has just burnt the fuck out of me. Like, I've got no problem with people trying to negotiate prices but when you're negotiating with someone who's in a bad spot they've got a lot happening in life and you're just screwing them down because in the time since the buyer has been spruiking on social media about oh yeah i'm spending all this money on this car i'm doing this i'm doing that so it's not like he didn't have money to throw around to restore it or make it even better and that is something that sort of spurred us on to do this gofundme page i know i'm rabbiting on at the moment but there's a lot to this story and i just want to make sure everyone's clear with that so i personally i'm not a fan of GoFundMe pages unless it's for something specific like someone's health, someone in a bad space or whatever. If it's for a genuine reason, I have an issue with GoFundMe pages if it's to do with, say, someone loses their car because they didn't pay insurance or have insurance on it, but you'll see them sinking piss and smoking durries in the meantime. Or if it's for some bloke who's trying to do a GoFundMe to pay his court costs, or if it's some Instagram starlet who's trying to raise money to get herself a fake set of tits that, you know, at the end of the day, you and I aren't going to get to see or feel. But when it's for something like this, especially with kids, I'm more than happy to donate money and, and do this. And I really just want to thank everyone out there who made the effort to actually contribute to this from the Thong Slappers and also the Pickett's family friends. And um, to that end, we've managed to raise $1,000 in four days, and they were overwhelmed with that, with the generosity, and it's going to help them with their own costs while they're uh, going to Sydney for um, surgery for Lucas. So thank you to everyone who donated, and uh, yeah, we really hope it does help them out in some small way and that Lucas gets on the on the mend as, as soon as possible. So cheers to everyone for that. Yeah, I'd like to say thanks to everyone for chipping in on that as well. Also, I'm just going to, uh, I'll send it to you, Simon. I get you to send it to Saul, a fat of my cock and a fart in a bag, and he can send it. <laughs> <laughs> you can send them both around to the in saying that too, Saul did promise if he does actually use the money to get a fake set of tits, he's going to let us all have a reach around. Why doesn't he send me the buyer's phone number? That will be mint. It's not just me. Like, there's a few people I know, like, in our circle who just are also fuming over it. And I kind of feel bad for him that he, okay, he's done whatever his father would do. He's sold all his toys to try and help his son out, which is, a, you know, a great thing to do. And he didn't even have to think twice. But for someone to, like, start shafting him and giving him a hard time over the car it just adds serious yeah. insult to injury as far as i'm concerned I mean, you know him gus you know he's a fucking top bloke you know? yeah exactly yeah he's guy. yeah i've mm-hmm. had, uh, had a few chats with Sol. i actually hadn't heard about this story about selling the car and all the hassles and stuff though so that's a bit yeah bit Look, uh bit shitty i know i've just rambled on for half an hour but i think it's something that we definitely need to speak about and just lastly before i shut the fuck up and let you guys get a word in just while we were talking nicknames before, I had to mention the best nickname in the entire world would be your mate, Jaff, actually, Gus. Oh. As in Jaff, who does the Jaff's Last Cruise yep, in brackets of the yep. year down South Australia. Yep. I always wondered where the hell that nickname Jaff, like, does he like Jaffles? Is that what it was? Is he a fan of toasted cheese on bread? What was the go? <laughs> Until yeah. you told me it actually stands for just another fuckwit. And oh, mate, it cracks me up. I think it, yeah, just another fuckwit or just just another fucking onlooker because it was Jaffo. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, just another fucking onlooker or just another fuckwit or, yeah. I'd just shorten it down to fuckwit sometimes, so. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I saying that, he was best man at my wedding, so I can say that. <laughs> you can get away with it. Oh, do you know, want to know a funny nickname that I used to have? I probably shouldn't even mention this because it'll probably haunt me. But um, when I lived in Darwin, we uh, were renting a house and it had a spa. And yeah. when I moved in, there was frigging frogs and shit living in it. It was green and... I cleaned it all out and got it going and chlorined it and I'd, I'd look after it and check the levels and stuff every few days and whatnot and keep it running. So my housemates nicknamed me Bubbles. <laughs> That's a really appropriate nickname for you, actually. I could see that. <laughs> it uh, don't really look like a Bubbles, but, um, yeah, my uh, my mate Chucky, who's also got an awesome nickname because he threw up on his uh, bed sheets the first night I shared a house with him. Um, oh, I think you say shared a bed with him. Thank fuck he didn't say that. No, I know. He, he threw up all over his bed. He was a, he used to work offshore and he'd come home, get blind drunk, have a feed, go to bed, threw up, just wrapped up his sheets and threw them in the washing machine. And I did my washing after his and pulled it out and there's all this sausage meat all over my fucking... <laughs> so from that day on, he's known as Chucky and he's, he still calls me Bubbles to this day. So. Gus, I'm going to take a punt. And say you were living in Palmerston in Darwin. No, mate. Well, Palmerston now, this is back in 97, 98, so Palmerston now is just a suburb of Darwin, whereas then it was the next town down the road. But um, No, I was in uh, I was in Rapid Creek, and then I was in Jingley. I lived in Darwin in 97. Yeah. Worked offshore as well. Wow. There you go. There you yeah. do go. Not even no Chucky. And a lovely place, Darwin. I absolutely lovely place to live. Yeah, it was good, uh, good times. At least your nickname wasn't mixed up with dog's penis. That could be something <laughs> that might stick that you don't want to have sticking if, around. If we talk about this domestic bliss. If I do buy a Lincoln, ah, uh, Lincoln Continental. Fuck me, Simon. You've done it to me. If I do buy a dog's penis, I'm definitely nicknaming it a Dodge Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, have you guys got anything else you want to finish up for 2005? Yes, I have. 2003, sorry. 2003. 2003, Bathurst. It's a motor race that's held up in uh, central west New South Wales. You may have heard of it. Oh, yes. There's a guy there called Peter Brock. He won it in 2003. He didn't. I just made that the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was won by Greg Murphy and Rick Kelly in a VY Commodore. That's the fifth cool. consecutive Holden win in a row, it was at the time. Uh, Mur- Murphy's third Bathurst win. Rick Kelly became the youngest ever winner, uh, beating Lounsey's. Record in 96, that was to become the youngest. Murphy set the circuit's fastest ever lap during the shootout. At uh, the time, it stand for seven yeah. years. They call it the lap of the gods. Have a look on YouTube, man. He's, he's got the thing bent. He's into it. Put chills up your spine. Yep. Lounsey and Seaton come second in a uh, taxi. Uh, so, no, so I've written that wrong. In a BA Falcon. No, it might be a taxi. No, BA Falcon, yeah, Lounsey. Uh, <laughs> Lou- that's right, children. Lounsey in a Falcon. Uh, Steve Ellery and Luke Yulin came third in a BA. And actually, Garth Kender set a new lap record during the race. So that, that was pretty cool. So that's 2003 Bathurst. 2003, let's go for a walk through Holden um, dealership. You guys want to come? Sure. Right sure. I am breathing heavy already, so I might as well. He had to go there, didn't he, Gus? He had to take it to that fucking level. I may talk about cum shots a bit, but actually, where are we going with this? Now? Okay, so 2003, we'll start off in the HSV section of the showroom. We've got a Coupe GDO. Oh, nice. Yep, we've got a GDS four-door. These, these are all derivatives of what we probably would be better known as the Commodore, but let's just stick to the HSV, right? So, uh, there are Coupe GDO, we've got a GDS, we've got a Club Sport, we've got a Club Sport R8, a Senator, a Grange, a Malou U, a Malou R8, an Avalanche Wagon, uh, an SV8. Gus, isn't that the one you spoke about? Yeah, mate, yep. 
Yeah. Okay, we've got the VY. You could get a one-tonner, a bit of mucking around, but you could get the one-tonner. You could get the crewman. You could get the SSU, a statesman, an SS, and I'm what I'm going to call a panel van. Yeah, sweet. All of them 5.7 litre, six-bolt all alloy. Chevy engine, although Mr. Fucking Idiot stood me up on that and told me it's actually a GM engine, isn't it? Same, so. Yeah, it's right. Tomato. Right, now let's jump the fence and go over to the. Mar- oh, sorry, not the Mardi Gras, it's the Ford dealership. Right, at FPV, you could get the um, F6 Tornado Ute. Fucking fast bit of kit, that thing, definitely. An F6, oh, yeah. an F6 Typhoon sedan, both of them are six cylinders, they sound like a fart in the mass test. In the, <laughs> in the V8, you could get a GT, a GTF, a Pursuit Ute, and a Super Pursuit Ute. They're all a 5.4 litre double overhead cam, four hour Mustang donks, aren't they? I think they're the really wide fuckers, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were based on the uh, the modular motor that the Mustangs had, but they were, it was a completely different top end. Ah, for, uh, right, the Aussie yeah. stuff. Our, our motor was better, I think, a lot better. Yeah, it's all forward, so I don't really care. But um, the interesting fact about all them cars I've just listed in the last two minutes. They're all gone. Not one of them's available for us guys to buy low. A supercar scare 2.0. We can't blame anybody. It's the supercar scare. There's none left. You can't get them. Did Evan Green have a son that's into cars? <laughs> he, got his balls kicked. he got his balls kicked by Simo with the fly, mate. Having said that... <laughs> 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 mowing the lawn in a blackout with the fly, mate. Having said that, gentlemen, I think that will wrap up our 2003. Gus, do you have anything to add? No, nothing, mate. I'm done. I'll most quickly tip something in that's come to my attention actually from you, um, Mr. Shears. I mentioned, actually Gus mentioned Adam LaBreeze's 2003 Smotty Winnie EH delivery slash station wagon turned to a van thing, which is a great car. And you actually point out, Adam, that that vehicle, that actually got voted the ultimate street machine of all time back in 2011 as part of the 30th anniversary celebration to Street Machine magazine. So that's a pretty big honour. I personally thought that Rex Webster's FJ was going to take that out, but he came fourth, I think. So, mate, that's pretty good for Adam LaBreeze to get that award, I reckon. That- that is pretty good, and that came to my attention in the crib hut. I swear, I walked in and I found the supplement from the 2011 magazine, and in it they name the top 20 cars of, of what the sorry the experts in the, in the content of the top 20, and they named Adam Breeze's wagon as number one. Have we got time? And I might just mention each one in 20, or do you want to roll? Yeah, man, go for it. If you've got it but handy. Stories by Simon Telford, and the photos are by Street Machine Archives, and it's called The Ultimate Top 20 Street Machines, and it's in the supplement that came out uh, with the magazine at that time. It's a beautiful magazine. I'll, I'll post some photos of it. It's got Arby's uh, 440 on the cover. Sorry, just quickly. Is that No, the it one? doesn't. It's, it's got a cartoon, and it's got a Toronto oh. with a letter, an A9X yep. letterbox scoop and a really jacked-up uh, XM or XP Falcon. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, yep. Yeah, that supplement I think came in the issue with War Four Forty on the cover. It was like a it came out of the magazine. Show trophies and time slips are all well and good for many car builders, but ultimately accolades are in people's choice awards. So, what better way to celebrate our thirtieth anniversary than to give you guys the opportunity to vote on the ultimate street machine of all times? Question mark. The street machine staff voted to select the top sixty finalists, and we gave everybody the chance to vote for their favourite three cars on street30.com.au. Must have been their website at the time. The results were tight. Only a handful of votes separated the first five places, and there are plenty of cars that are unlikely not to make the top 10, if not the top 20. But as Seto likes to say, that's uh, Seto, like I say, the readers are always right. Sit back and enjoy. Number one is Adam LaBreeze's uh, EH Wag in the green thing. Beautiful car. Number yep. two is uh, Richard Philando's Effie. How do you pronounce that? E-F-I-J-Y? Effigy, yep. Effigy, right. So every, yep, we'll post a photo of that car. 
Number three is Toy Ton. Robert Godfrey's pardon, HQ1 Tonner, the orange one with Toy Ton number plates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number three is a flame-ridden Mustang by, by Mr. Gary Myers, uh, supercharged. Number five is Graham and Wendy Cowan's King Kong Cooter. Number six is Peter Fitzpatrick's FC Holden. Beautiful car. It's in green in the, in the, in the photo on this picture. Number seven is Ian Bundy Lucas's HQ Monaro. That's a really wild purple thing with huge big block in it, hasn't it? Yeah. Number one, number eight, here's one we all know. Howard Bell, SLR 8000. Oh, yeah. No, nothing exceeds like excess. Number nine, Mario Coletto, 1959 Cadillac. Number 10, Gary and Debbie's Myers, 66 Mustang again. The twin blown silver looking. Oh, yep, silver bullet. Yeah, horrid looking fucking thing. Um, number 11 is Adam Barnes HT Monaro in front of number 12 Ron Barclay's HQU. Okay. I'll have to refresh number myself with Adam Barnes Monaro. Doesn't ring a bell. It's a cover car. Number 13, Casey Rhodes E55 Charger. Oh, yeah, the drag car, the orangey, uh, orange colored one. Yep. Yeah, I know the one. Yep. Mark Jones 57 Chev. Remember, it made three magazines in, yeah, in its time. That's right. Fat 57. Here we go. So I'm at number 15, Colin Townsend. Oh, yeah. Love that, 308 Number 16, uh, Howard Astle's XAGT, rock solid. Number 17, Greg Mercer, the first car to feature titties in the top 120. <laughs> in the top 20. What was it called, Invader? Invader 2001. Invader 2001. Yeah, the blue yep. gold panel van, yep. Yep. Number 18, Troy Hillier's XP Coupe. Oh, yeah. Now, number 19, I'm... Someone will have to take over here. Rex Webster's FJ. How the fuck did that only end up at number 19? I can't... I don't understand. Number 20, Angela Downs, Alex Tirana. Right, so that's the top 20. I think that is more an indication of, at the time, the cars that were fresh for the people who chose it. It's... Yeah, I agree. I think you're onto something there. And like I've said before, like, Rex Webster being at number... What was it? 18? 19? Makes as much sense to me as hopping out of the shower to take a piss. <laughs> on, the, on the next page, there's a story written by Simon Major, and there's a naked couple having a shag in front of a panel van. <laughs> you know, I'd love to recreate that photo, actually. I don't know if St. Lucy would be keen, but I'll, I'll see. What just, just use Gus. What were, we do, what were we actually doing before we end up doing that? Uh, we were talking about Adam LaBreeze's EH. So there you go. Yeah, okay, good work. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling a bit toey. Toey's a Roman sandal for some um, Bible studies. What do you reckon? I just, my main thing is I want to hear that engine. Cue that engine for us. I love this sound. Oh, hang on, mate. Sorry, you mean this motor. What Radio. the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Is that a battle? Is that a rotary? <laughs> All right, it's time for Bible studies. Man, you had me 
worried with that first engine. Look, I may be on holidays, but I haven't totally lost the plot and become 100% relaxed just yet. And that's what happens when you try and go on holidays, but you have to keep still going back into your fucking work. But anyway, that's a story for another time. March 2019, Street Machine magazine, which features that delicious white XM hardtop on the cover. So, gentlemen, have we had a chance to review this magazine? Have you had a chance to have a good look through it and, and hit me with your comments on the cover? After you, sir. After you, Gus. Me? No, I'm not, I'm not going first. <laughs> I literally, I've, I've only spent about 30 minutes going through the magazine as well, so I've, uh, I've about made... 28 minutes more than me. Don't panic. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm enjoying your panic. This is like Hannibal Lecter. I'm really, I can feel your pain. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like I'm a ghoul again. I can smell your fear. You feel like you're in the backseat of a car fumbling the whole time. You're praying, get me out of here. Pick up and bid dirty Trojans from a used motel. Freaking me out, man. I can see that the good nutrition is giving you some length of bones, but you're not more than two generations away from poor white trash. Normally, Red, I can understand where you're coming from with the cover, but what you're saying now, I can't relate it to the cover at all. Yeah, I did my my cover now. Sorry, I just went to a different place then. Right, cover shot. (laughs) Here's a, here's a question for you. What's red, white, white, red, white? Oh, that's top to bottom of the cover. No, that's a headshot seagull. Or 2000... <laughs> <laughs> 2019 Street Machine March Edition. Now, I've, I've made a swear word. The first thing I normally try and do, obviously, with some printing word is, is make a swear word. So if you gentlemen put it where it says red in master class, you can change that to master ass. If you your little finger in there, and you oh, can yeah. go I over the, the C and the L, and that's master ass. Nice. So can I get silly with this cover? I don't Ow. know what you normally do, so you might as well keep the fire you've got it. You've got it in front of you, the cover, the magazine? Yes. Oh, this is going to be one of these fucking mad magazine things where you yeah, make me fold it and fuck my magazine. Open your magazine and lay it down flat with the front and the back cover pointing upward. All right. Okay. Don't make me fuck the spine. Let's put it right out, Sandy. You've got it open when you're fucking the spine. Let's yes. put that 350 Chev. See that 350 Chev there? Let's put that into that XM. And, oh, yeah. then, and then see that Chevy badge up in the top center. Of the, let's put the Chevy badge on the grill. Hey, works for me. We've got we've got two hundred thousand of our listeners that just hung up on us right now. <laughs> Fuck that, Redmond. Do you hear that sound? Do you hear that? That's that's Henry Ford spinning in his grave. Good, that talent was fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's. I was going to do something with the minion and the one eye right in the corner. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> right. What the hell is a hunter? Right. And I tried so hard to do something with uh, some idiot savant maths on the front. I minus two thousand and nineteen from five five two on the number plate, then added six hundred, trying to come up with any number that would give me three fifty one, but I couldn't do it. So we, I couldn't do it. But that's my take on the cover. Simon Major, please, please tell me your take on the cover. Okay, Smokes, for starters, I was a little concerned by the head tag there, point and shoot. That was mainly after last month's cover shots. Um, <laughs> we spoke about the little little cum shots on the cover, but that's okay. I got past that because I think you've just fucked that for me for life. If I ever see any of that graphic art which involves those splurts, I'm automatically going to think of you and your take on that. But back to business. For me, there is a subliminal message on this cover and one which stamps 
our hot car authority and that of Street Machine magazine being the Horsepower Bible and not a Restorers magazine, you aren't reading Survivor Car Australia or anything like that, people. Just remember that when Thanks. you open up Bye. the cover of this awesome, awesome publication. What I want you to do uh, is check out where that GDR Tirana is, right? And here's the wording. Genuine GTR Tirana, tubbed, blown and shipped. So nice. first of all, you go, tub, blown and shed. Fuck, that sounds like a tough street machine to me because this isn't a restoring magazine, nor is it something to do with covered in barn dust or that crap. That, to me, I think is just uh, acceptable lingo to put in public for fuck the purists. So, you know, and that's a serious F for fuck, thanks, Burjo. Too often, it feels like writing for hot car magazines or when you read hot car magazines, it's almost like you have to cover off stuff to keep purists happy like stuff like oh well i've got a gdr tirana but i've put in this tough 350 chev or whatever but the original matching numbers six cylinders under the bench or all the metal i cut out i've got the original wheel arches or wheel tubs under the bench to sort of satisfy that purist element saying oh if i'm going to sell it i can return it to original fuck that no one has to justify anything to anyone but themselves. And if you're happy cutting and chopping and doing whatever you want to do to your car, do that. And nothing to me says, fuck you purists, like a genuine GDR Tirana with a blown small block, massive tubs. So that's what I take from the cover. I think it's a reminder that street machines are street machines. We aren't restored cars, people at all. I think the way that you've described the font is saying genuine GTR Tirana, tough bloke. Even the graphic is ripped out. See, it's like just ripped. It's like, fuck you. It says, see how the graphic looks like ripped paper? Oh, yeah. Rip, rip, wood shit. Yeah, Turn into yeah, paper. Rip, for sure. From the heart of the fucking the scene, we'll just rip out this GDR. That's mate was saying yeah. it. They used to put V8s in and I'd rip out the six cylinder and put V8s in GDRs, extra ones, you know, when they're worth, you know, five to nine grand or something. If only they'd have known. But the thing is, too, is that, like, you should just change the car to how you want it. The last thing you should do is build a car to appease the haters, but they're not going to respect you for it anyway. Like, the last thing you want to do is soft-cock yourself to purists or haters. Just do things the way you want to do it. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Gus, did you have something for a cover, mate? Uh, no, not in the way that you guys do. I just think... Back in the day, I used to try and knock up a street machine cover myself, you know, like with a bit of photoshopping okay. and stuff. Like, yeah. uh, who's our friend that does that? Is it, ah, is cover, it? cover cars, Tim Barnett. Tim Barnett, yep. We've and got some more on him in the credits. I'll tell you what, the the way these guys set the cover up, it's, there's so many, just as a, this, I'm being a bit serious here, but the way it's layered, you know, you've got overlapping stuff and it, it just looks, it looks right, you know, whenever I try and do stuff like that. Agreed. It just ever look right. It just, it, it, and it draws you into the magazine. I guess that's the whole point of it. But um, on another side, isn't it good to see a non-XP-fronted Falcon on a cover? That's a really good point. I kind of agree with that. I love XM fronts, and I notice over the years a lot of people will actually take away the XM front and replace it with an XP, which I've never quite understood. Yeah, so. well, the, yeah, the, the, X, the earlier Falcons were a bit, you know, unloved. I think the XP front was always considered to be the better looking one. So uh, for a long time there, you know, that that was it. But now I think the earlier ones are making a bit of a comeback because no one's got them. Could be. That's a really good point. I couldn't agree more. And at the end of the day, the XM bonnets, those cool little humps, I think that's an awesome feature of an XM front. As oh, well. yeah. You see on this particular white car, they've actually... I think I read this right. They've actually pumped that bulge in the XM bonnet, like giving it stiffy pants for engine clearance. I think it looks really cool. Bulge pumping. 
<laughs> it's very, very brave to put a white car on the cover. There's three white cars in the magazine, but um, it works. I drew the guy in the passenger seat. I drew a little um, goatee on him, like little handlebars moustache, because he's missing his left ear. And I thought, I wonder if I draw a moustache, can I make him chop a reed? Because Chopper had no ears. What? The guy in the passenger seat, see, so he can't see his left ear because of the way the photo's taken. Were you like, insomniac or pissed when you read this magazine, or a combination of both? It's, it's all, it's all the same. Come up this shit. I just, you have a look. I'll send you a photo. I thought I sent you a photo. I drew a little moustache around. Hey, look, it's Chopper. I thought I'd send it to you. Who the fuck did I send that to? Sports, you what? You've been sniffing mold spores again, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> You've been reading my diary. <laughs> Normally he just sniffs your seat, Gus, so be happy that he's moved on to something else. Same, same. <laughs> you could do better, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gus. Oh, Gusmund. Let's <laughs> say that again. That could work. <laughs> How you doing? Redmond. <laughs> Redmond. Okay, do you have a rig of the month for me, please, and for Gus? Can we make a swear word make it frig of the month? If you want, yeah. Whatever suits you. I'm on holidays, mate. Couldn't give a fuck. You don't do holidays. You don't do relax. You're about the you're the Tetris playing, Red Bull drinking, fucking thong slapper. You don't. What do you do on holidays? Well, I just I don't know what you do on holidays. I couldn't imagine you sitting there and actually relaxing. No, I got to get out of the house. I've got to be like taken away from the house to relax somewhere where there's nothing to do. But I've actually been doing a fair bit of work on St. Lucy's EH, so we'll come to that in a bit of bobs. Uh, what do we call it? Oh, domestic bliss yeah. a bit later on. Technically, it's half your EH. And if you're listening, g'day, St. Lucy, please don't send me a fart in a bag again. She did try to. She sent you multiples, but you chucked them out before oh, you realised. I feel so. I, they could be here. They could be in this fucking... I'm going to put a, uh, a flip top in this roof, in this house, so I can climb in and out. I fucking don't do housework. I swear, man, I've got to climb in and out of the roof because you open the doors and shit falls out. You've seen my effort at fucking housework. <laughs> I'm, you, a, I'm a fucking wolf man. I'd live in a fucking cave, the Romans, with their running water and their fucking habitats. I'm a fucking wolf man. <laughs> one man wolf back. Do you have a rig of the month for me, one man wolf back? <laughs> I sure do. Steve Sherry's LJXU1. The story is by Kean Hegarty. Do you pronounce Kean with a silent nine? It's uh, it's Kean. Kean. Right. Okay. And the photo is by Ben Hoskins. It's a small block Chev 383. It's got a 671 pump up on top of that. You've got a pair of twin hollies on top of that. Below all of that, running the whole thing is a stat crank. It gets better. It's got a T400 and a nine-dinger. Man, that sounds like a parts list from an ACDC song. I'm rolling yeah. thunder, the power rain, coming on like a hurricane. I'm really distracted today. I like red cars. I don't particularly love red Holdens. The side pipes look terrifying on that thing. See how they, they come out in front of the, the drive wheels? The drive tires there, the side pipes. Oh fuck yes! Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. It's um page forty. Have a look at that. That's actually a tough shot. A special mention and my rig of the month. That is awesome, Ben. Well done and congratulations. And to to the editors and everybody involved in putting that photo up there. That is a really special photo. I enjoy that. Um, sorry, red red cars. I enjoy red cars. Let's you know, Granta HQ for you, Terminator, Tough XY, Disturbia, Wayne Draper's HO. Just to mention a few, you know, there's just half a dozen. But um, have a look at page 43. The way the extractors penetrate the inner guard. Can you see that photo? Gus, you got that? Yeah. Yes, that's see, a special mention for me. Uh, see the way the extractors penetrate the inner guard? It looks like some kind of industrial alien's taken possession of it, you know, and it's got its claws dug in and it's 
it's like fucking hanging onto it with a you know deep grip. It's really fucking. I like that. I like his comments in there. He says he's fine with not having Rego on the car. He's just it doesn't have Rego. He's got the number plates of a bit of history. Uh, one of the Grimmer crowd, one of the guys, uh, his last name's Grimmer. I can't remember the first gentleman, the gentleman's first name. He he said something interesting in an article I read about Rego on a streetcar. He said, look, he just stopped doing it because he has access to power crews. He can go to a couple of power cruises a year. He drives, this, this Grimmer said in this article that he drives a truck for a living. So a second gear chirpy, technically, which we've all done, could could get your license suspended, get you, uh, uh, pulls you away from your mortgage straight away. So I like the idea. I, I kind of, I'll be, I'm down. I'm fine with the idea of having a car that you put on a trailer. It's like if you get a helicopter and fly Jennifer Hawkins to a motel, you can still pants her despite the fact she never drove there in a car. Well, that's a good point. And you probably would if you had the chance. And speaking of that, I love the way when you've got cars like this where they've got a reverse cow with a supercharger hanging through the actual scoop itself. It's kind of like dressing a hot chick in a lace G-string, whereas you can still see everything. You've tried to cover it up, but really, what was the point? I'm yeah. down with that. I agree. That's, <laughs> you can still see the Volkswagen bonnet. <laughs> yeah, like you can still see everything anyway. Like it's sort of, oh, well, it's, at least you tried. You've got to give them some points for trying. That wraps up my rig of the month, but that's a totally bodacious car, dude. Excellent. And Gus, did you have a rig of the month, sir? Mate, uh, page 54, Dress to Kill. 600 Cube Big Block Kawasaki Green XA Coupe. Yep. Love it. Just, uh, yeah, just... One of my pet hates is when people get say a charger or a, a falcon coupe and they just make it like a gt or an rt and everyone's driving around in gts and rts and this thing oh, amen just, amen just yep. uh it's, you know sets its own scene with this thing it um it's uh kicking goals is that kawasaki I agree more i didn't know it was kawasaki green i have time to read that is a nice color i like kawasaki motorbox <laughs> oh, it suits it to a t doesn't it I don't know, maybe it's got some metallic in it, and it's not normally metallic, though. Is it Kawasaki Green? Oh, I don't think so. They're a plastic. It's a, a, for me, a, a Kawasaki is Japanese motocross bike, so there's there's no metal on it. There's no metal painting on it. It's uh, the frame's brushed alloy. Yeah. It's all plastic, so I don't exactly know how it... I, I think that's good. Simon could probably expand on that GTs and RT clones and charges and bits and pieces. Oh, I couldn't agree anymore. I love the cars. But, uh, you rock up and you see more and more of them, and it's, it's good for somebody to do a streetcar thing. Streetcars, what we're talking about. Look, I think, too, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with building a car that's influenced by those things. Like, say, this particular hardtop, it's got the GT guards and grill with the driving lights, but he still says it's a Fairmont and he's happy. He's just built the car how he wants it, using the styling bits and pieces that he likes, and that's what it should be all about. Yeah, and that's, and that's got, and what, same with an RT. You might go, well, I love the driving light grill, so I'll put that in there and all that sort of stuff. And it's yeah. funny with my VG hardtop, the six-cylinder one I have, I've painted the grill like a pacer, you know, with that orange kind of stripe. They run through the middle with a couple of chrome bars. Yep. And people say to me, oh, shouldn't have a pacer grill because it's just a regal. I was like, well, it shouldn't have a fucking full grill that covers the headlights anyway, so who cares? Like, it's just choosing <laughs> the styling points that you like. And good on him. I think yeah. it's I think it's a great car. Another My, thing is, uh, a lot of people get upset when people put big diameter rims on cars. And look, I agree, it's a different look to the standard fourteen inch, fifteen inch with a high sidewall. But 
can't tell me that doesn't look horn. You know, like it works on this. I car. love a big sideball as well, and that big sideball on a, on a Falcon Coupe looks fucking amazing. But that is that is fucking horn too. Like you, best of both worlds. You know, it's, it's good. Speaks. Speaking of wheels, you know what Nigel said to me, uh, not Nigel, sorry, our former nephew the other day, the fucking prawn, talking about wheels. I was telling him about how I love the 15-inch Simmons on my car. My, my car's a stock-looking Brock imitation, so I'd probably cop it off. Like, I'm just talking shit because I do like it, something to look like a Brock. But uh, Nigel go, yeah, 15-inch Simmons were cool when Moby Dick was a sardine. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot, I could have punched Smart him in the bald, fucker. bald head, but... Having said that, I need to qualify it a bit, but I do want my VK to look like a stock Brocky. I love that time. I love the fact that Peter Brock had his own car company, and he would have been the first guy. I, I like the fact that you could order it off Brocky and get it, so I won't go down the, the wormhole of talking about Brockies and more. I love them, but I do want my – having said charges and RTs, I'm bagging them guys out. I do want my fake Brock just to look like a real Brock. I don't want, for, say, for instance, say, a WB grill in it. Yeah. All the pity, really, but – at the end of the day, I'm just excited by the fact that you've got less than two months to get your car done for the Charters Towers, Van Nationals and Street Machine Show running your full Big Banger kit. Oh, that's just when I was lying to you. That was one of them lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you my rig of the month to wrap things up. I've got three choices that came down to the three. Chris and Mary Velkovsky's HT Ute, the white one. There was also Billy Pappas's Blue Charger and also this Green XA of Brad Fletcher's. It was a choice between the three, but actually I chose Brad Fletcher's XA, as did you, Gus, mainly for a few things. I think the car's tough. I love the build style of it. Again, I'm not a huge fan of massive diameter wheels, but it doesn't even bat an eyelid with me on this car. It suits it. It works. I think it's really tough. I will say that the things that kind of killed the other two for me in the final countdown was their choice of wheels. My opinion doesn't really matter to anyone, and... I wouldn't listen to me if I was... Matters to me. But I, I'm kind of hoping that this whole world power cruise wheel thing is something that comes and goes. My gut feeling is in 20 years' time, they're going to be considered like the billets of the 90s, billet wheels. Yep. And I don't mind so much the back wheels. I just think the combination of the big diamond of funny-looking design front wheels is getting a little bit funny. But again, that's me. But as far as Brad's XA goes, I love the colour. I fucking love. It's got the full-on Omen bonnet scoop. I think that's tough as. Uh, I dig the chin spoiler. And I especially love the rectangular exhaust tips, which, of course, is a throwback to the XA GT coupes back in the day. Something I always remember clearly as a kid. Um, I probably would lose the headrest if I owned it. But as far as I'm concerned, mate... I would happily drive and own that car, and my opinion really doesn't count anyway. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think the thing, too, is that XA taillights on hardtops are just the best fucking taillights ever produced. I think they look super cool. Did you have a poster child, Red Mondo? Yes, I did. It's between the Holden and the Ford. <laughs> Actually, I, 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 I put the... Uh... Are you going to say the white one, just like the yeah. silver one last uh, time? I put uh, I put Chris's ute up. It reminded me of my old really good mate, Bob Cotmel, smudge ute. Oh, yeah, I remember that thing. Oh, the times me and Bob had in that ute. <laughs> now, I, I, picked the, uh, I picked that ute. It's actually a fairly tough shot, too. I do, I do like the – I mean, the car's fucking tough as a bindi, but the uh, the photo's good the way it's been. One thing I always like is them little bricks. I love it when you go to Sydney and you see the little red bricks, the houses of all the bricks. That's that's nothing to do with the poster, but I do, I do like that. What was your uh, poster child, Mr. Gus? I uh, I am fond of the XM coupe, uh, yep. and mainly because it's XM. 
that's uh, yeah. Yeah, there's no it's bad tough. photo. Yeah, tough rig. Yeah. So I know what's your poster child. Well, I chose the HT Ute, like you did red, so fuck you, Gus. That's two verse one. Um, no, I do love that HT Ute. I love the mix of white with the red interior. I think it's pretty tough. So, yeah, that was a that was an easy choice for me, personally. Moving on, Redmond. This is the stuff I love about when we do the magazine reviews is Action Jacksons. Have you got some Action Jacksons there? I sure do, so I may have a look at uh, old Limpy Thoroughgood's uh, photo of that ute, Fuss Ute, on page 152 at the bottom. That is a great photo, mate. I really like That's a really good action, Jackson. It's cool. Big it, time. It, it's Big tough. Time. Page 28. Have a look at the top right-hand side of the black and white photo. It looks like Ash Marshall in the Cheech and Chong moon buggy. <laughs> right-hand side. You can't even see him. He's in back, <laughs> back there somewhere. I've also chosen page 85. Is one of my favourite cars. I say one of my favourite cars way too much. Page 85 on the bottom, uh, caption three, is Bado's Blown Lux. He lives down the road from my oh, mum. Oh, yes. Sure. I love that car. He just beats the fuck out of that. He built it himself. Quite a talented fella. I enjoy that one. Page 86, if you turn one over, have a look at the guy in the on the bottom left-hand side, next number 86, playing the guitar in the blow-up pool. <laughs> on the back of a individual. Ute. Yep. What, what song is he playing? Probably uh, K-San. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, hey, I swear, I swear, I've got goosebumps. So was I. And I, I, I swear, man, but the, the reason that I, I, I've written here, I read, he'll be playing K-San, but nobody can sing Jimmy Barnes except Jimmy Barnes. So then I'll put in brackets, he's playing the gambler. <laughs> That's freaky, man, isn't it? Okay, well, page, the last plane out of Sydney's almost gone, so you just don't know. Page uh, 122. Fuck, man, I wish you'd do this in order from front to back. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting sore fingers from I, I wish Gus had double D tits, but right, I so 122 is Jeff Lutz, that uh, Camaro. Double F, oh, good yeah. enough for you, mate. Yeah, the, the only reason I've chosen that uh, Lutz, the reason I've chosen Lutz's Camaro is I was listening to the podcast that he does, and he tells the piss-funniest story about that thing. One night he's in town or whatever, and he has to go and have a hit out with whatever they call that, like a test run. And the only where he lives, the only place that's got lights is the main street. Have you heard the podcast about it? What's it called? The Outlaws. What's the television show? That oh, Street Outlaws. Street Outlaws. Yeah. So he's talking about their, their podcast is really rough. They don't edit, so they just sort of sit around. He's telling the story. Three o'clock in the morning, gets the whole thing bolted back together, and he goes, "Well, the only place I can nearly do a shootout is in the main down through the main street, but it's a very quiet town, but it's got lights." He goes, "I can get in." get it done. By the time anybody wakes up, I can be gone. So he goes, right, <laughs> just a true story. So he gets in it, gears up, got his helmet on, got everything, does a blast, goes like, I can't remember, he said 200 fucking miles an hour or something through a, through a red light, pulls the parachute, and as he pops it, there's a highway patrol has to give way to him, and he goes past the highway patrol <laughs> with the chute pop and his helmet on. <laughs> he got like, he goes, hey, give me a fucking $200 fine. That's just a crazy <laughs> He tells that on the podcast. That's the uh, last of my action Jacksons. You guys want to roll with yours? Yeah. Just Augusta um, font. Yeah, I'm heading back to uh, I'm, all mine are on the same spread here, so uh, you won't have to turn your magazine into And the same up. pages as well. <laughs> yeah, it's page 86. Uh, the 63 Dodge Dogs Penis, uh, Dodge Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> yep. Storm Gasser. Like, how tough is that? And it's running a big block chev, which is even better. Perfect. That, uh, Love great it. Great photo there. I'm not sure who who snapped that. Uh, Daniel. Daniel. Took uh, Daniel McCann's. That's it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Uh, and then page 87, up top right 
left-hand corner. Ryan Ford in his smoking Marlboro panel van just... Fuck yes. ...tearing the arse out of a set of tyres. That is Love a it. very good photo, very good, very photogenic car. Doesn't mind us. Oh, it is, isn't it? That's a great way to describe it. Those colours just pop against any background. It's awesome. Is it hot hot or HDT? Uh, it can be either. Just say whatever you like. It depends ah. how old you are. Yeah, you know, it was better than when I used to think it was hot before people told me better. I kind of liked it when I didn't know for real. I, I was the same. I was the same. I, yeah. I thought it was hot, but, you know. Fucking retards, Queenslanders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get some happening now. If you go to the start of the magazine, because I'm considerate of both of you guys, I've started at the start, and you'll be able to work your way through towards the rear. Bloody without thinking Bloody it's the fucking yellow pages, letting your fingers do the walking. If you go to page six, which is the main contents page, on the left at the top, there's a blue kinger doing a world's coolest burnout. I love that photo. Yep, that's cool. Flick forward, please, to page 30. Oh, fuck's sake. On the left, <laughs> well, page 30 is the left page. Halfway up, there's a picture of Ash Marshall in the Vandal doing a burnout. That's just drag racing in the 60s. You just smoke the tyres off the line anyway. That's a fucking great photo. I love that rake on the engine. How cool is that? Is that the photo for? You notice that? Yeah, I just, is that photo yeah. for? How does that yeah. ride, how does it go for a drive angle? Because the diff, the drive head of the diff slower. It's something crazy. They must have a really sharp angle. Or is that just because of the torque of the engine right then and there? Man, you just have the world's fucking strongest, you know, universal joint connecting the back of the transmission to the diff pin anyway, I think. Go, would you? Looks, looks like it's got no. that one big fuel hose just going up feeding it. It's just so simple. Isn't it? <laughs> it's, got eight, it's got eight wires they're called plug leads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, flick forward to page 86, Jesse Burke, 63 Phoenix, which was a Gus's choice. So we've spoken about that. And flick across to page 87. And again, Gus, I'm, I'm feeling you, brother. It's Ryan and Stork's Marlboro van doing the burnout up the top. And, oh, shit. Talk about just making it really straightforward. Flick to 102. And you've got the photo of Ben Jansen's HZ Ute. The sort of bluey, aqua-coloured one about halfway down yeah. the left doing a yep. burnout. Yep. So... Yep, Just that's my up. action, Jacksons. Look at look at number one photo up the top there, that Commodore Mental. Ute with a massive turbo the size they of are, dinner plate. They are bigger than the turbos on a D11 Caterpillar. They are, all the intakes, they are They are bigger Jesus. than a D. It's a small child being sucked into well, that. The, the funny thing is a dozer's only got, a, a D10 dozer has only got 800 horsepower, 900 horsepower, which... It's got a shitload more of that torque, but it's just funny when I read some of the horsepower in this. Uh, fuck, man, these things have got dozer, you know, cubes of dozer motors in them. Yeah. They look like aircraft engines. Yes. You know, a couple of Boeing like, sitting there. Yeah. yeah. You can almost make out, that if you if you blur your eyes a bit, the famous BYE, blur your eyes, and the, the actual rear view mirrors look like wings. Or maybe that's just me. Need to have another bong for that, I think. Yeah, more chocolate. More, <laughs> chocolate, more, more chocolates on there. Okay. All right, Raimondo, tough shots, mate. I'm going to try and do this in some sort of numerical order to keep the fucking metrically digi- digitally educated fucking purists fucking... What was it called again? Fuckwits. <laughs> okay, first one, page 54. Uh, <laughs> beg your pardon, 53. Have a look at that uh, Lincoln Continental, the four-door with suicide doors down the bottom right-hand side. That 
is awesome. Fuck yeah. That is tough. Is that, I, I, I don't know if it falls into tough, but it's a tough photo. The way it's set up with the white floor, the roller door, where it is in the workshop. And it suits, to see that car in that surrounding, that's what makes it the tough shot. If you blur your eyes, try this this time. It looks like it's got a spa where the boot is because the paint's that fucking glossy. It looks like you can swim in it. Have you seen how the four doors open on that? The back one's a suicide, so it opens right up. Have you seen them Lincoln? Yeah, like the JFK Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there's JFK. Right. Um, turn to page 63. Ooh, Redmond, you're getting it in order, you little fucking beauty champ. You beauty! Oh, this, is, this was my number one tough photo, 63. Yeah. See on the right-hand side that's on the hoist, the hoist photo? Yeah. See how the tyre looks beat up with scuff marks and bits and pieces, but you can also a leaf, see a leaf spring in a tough nine-dinger, a tough nine-inch? Yeah. That's just a real cool that. photo, the leaf spring, the big nine-inch, the big... That, to me, is a tough photo. They've changed their minds with the exhaust. I mean, what have they done up near the gearbox, man? Are they going to go the other way? Or I don't know quite what they've done there. Oh, the way it kicks up, then... Yeah, it looks like maybe they're going to run the exhaust mounts the other way or something, or maybe they, when they drop the pipes off. Anyway, that's not that's not what I'm going. The, the, the leaf spring in the photo and the nine doing and the fat pipes, that's what makes that a tough shot for me. I really like it. I guess it'll probably make it a smidge quieter, but maybe as you're going over speed bumps or something where you lose the extra height from the wheels going oh, over. Right, Does that make you? sense? Yeah. No, no, I'm just speaking shit. I've got nothing to prove that that's right or not. I'm just, just you know, surmising. Flick to page 100, please. Yes. Bottom left-hand side is uh, Mick Lenz HZ Kinger. Yep. I think it's perfect there's still a place for six-cylinder cruisers in our in our <laughs> scene. Cruising magazines are not my cup of tea. They're fucking souvenir hunters with man caves and fucking elitist crap or whatever. I just think that if it's a VZ with a mang-mang in it or if it's a HZ6, or that car is tough just that way it sits out to me because cruisers can be tough. There's not a, For me, I can never see enough cruisers, cars that you can just sit in and cruise. Yeah. yeah Agreed. Page 108. I'm... Hey, this is it. Page 108. You'll love this one. Plus, particularly, I know how much you're fond of penis. See that um, gentleman in the... See that gentleman in the photo there? Have a look at the tape measure out in his left hand. It's not... And the look on his face. It's like he's dead set. Well, he's like... It looks like he's just measured his dick. Get on you, Chad. Yeah. Does that does that go with the fit and fiddle name at the top? <laughs> I knew, I knew you'd have a cock mention on that. For Tough Shots, that's me done, gentlemen. That's good. Gus? Um, I'm totally unorganised and I don't have any Tough Shots. That's fine. That's not a problem. All right, you can share mine if you want. Sure. All right, if we go back to page 43, this is the last time we're going to have you on, Gus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes, that's that is a Tough Shot. I'm only joking. Right, <laughs> Actually, this goes over page 42 and 43, Stephen Cherry's GDR Tirana. As you mentioned, Red, those fender wells, they fucking fender wells and side pipes, they are tough as, and if I ever get the chance to be bothered building new pipes for old days, I'm fully going fender wells on that yep. thing. I'm going to get out there with the angle grinder, cut massive holes in the inner guards. Uh, yeah, I love that. I just think I love fender wells and anything. You know the ADH is getting fender wells. What? Red was saying earlier about that. It, it looks like the alien that, that hugged and made love to John Hurt's face in Alien. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> you are. I can see that. It feels like it's ever-evolving, like they're moving, doesn't it? It's, 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 it's cool. I love alien sex. <laughs> Fuck, did I say that? I think okay. it. <laughs> All right, flick over to page 80, please, gents. Yeah, but before we leave that Tyrannogy, that's a tough car. 
Oh, it is. It is super tough. Page 80. Oh, yeah. Got it. (laughs) Baby got back. The rear view of Billy Pappas' VH Charger with the Caltrax, the diff. And you know what? I love Fountain Blue. In That's a great Valiant colour, and I'm glad that he's done that. And this harks back to what you were saying, Gus, about people building cars and not just another RT replica or anything like that. This is just a standalone car with its own identity. I love that rear view. I think it looks tough. Still got that. Shockies, Caltrax, 9-inch. Yep, I think it's an, a really great car. And the other thing I love is actually in the story of this, they, they quote Billy with saying about, you know, with changing gears and he's trying to get the thing to run a bit quicker. And he says he's looking to pop a better mono. I love that. <laughs> that's what we used to call it on BMX to do a mono. So yep. I think that's really cool that he's gone a bit old school. If you flick to page 100, this uh, is also the same one as you, Red. Yep. This is Nick Lenz's green HZ on the yep. bottom. It's on the deck there on the bottom left of the page any lower the thing's going to be underground but one thing I'm going to have to actually pip Boris on next time I'm speaking to him he makes a comment there he says and I quote I thought for sure I'd hear the sound of a cammed LS when Nick Benz fired up his HZ Kinger but nope just the smooth purring of a stock 202 I was really hoping that Boris would say he was hoping to hear like a thong slapping 253 <laughs> with a twin two inch exhaust and no balance pipe instead of the LS. <laughs> yep. That was probably a little more fitting for that car. But look, either way, it doesn't really matter. Page 138, we have Tony Murr doing a big power skid in his 34 coupe. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yep. And lastly, page 152, the same one as you read, that red HQ Ute. Olympi. Yeah, the photo by Limpy. That red HQ Ute, it's friggin' tough as. I love it. Red with the white um, stripes. It's got the street scoop hanging out and the gauges. I just think that's a great-looking Ute. I love the mix of Premier Front with the GDS um, grill. He has. Grill. Limp- it's uh, a really good-looking car. I'd love to see more of it. Limpy ma- did well. He made a rookie error there. He submitted some work while he's on compo. The fucking idiot. <laughs> We've caught him working. Special mentions, Redmond. Right, oh, page one thirty. I'm going to do this backwards just to fuck you off. Page one thirty. See that little ankle biter yes. there? With his brown stubbies on. <laughs> yeah. And me socks pulled up. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, the thong slapper synergy manager, uh, Simon Major. I love that little photo there. Your sister looking. You're a fucking idiot. Oh, she wouldn't be swearing. We kids got a thick back ear for swearing back then. She would have said. Well, what, what would have her words been? What was her insult to you? Because you couldn't swear. Like, bullcrap is what you used to say. She would have said, let me have a go and watch this. <laughs> My sister Jackie, that is actually her in the photo. She's a few years older than me. Like, she's 49 this year. My sister Jackie oh. is the coolest chick. She actually is the one who helped us get all yep. the thong slappers off the ground as far as the technical aspects and schooled me. But she's always been the overachiever as far as she was ducks of primary school. She did really well in high school with TEs. She can friggin' smash on an electric guitar like she's Jimi Hendrix. She writes jingles for movies in America. My poor parents, they had this overachieving daughter and then this son who was just lucky to string A and B and C together. But she's a really cool chick. And not only that, she would have jumped on that bike after me and she would have jumped twice as far as me because (laughs) she's super sporty. You should see, if they had women's cricket back then, she would be dominating it. She could smash shits out of cricket balls and tennis balls. So she would have had to go straight after me on the bike just because he's uh, give anything a lash. Yeah, uh, did she used to bat make you bowl, go and get the ball with shit over the fence and that kind of shit? Yep, exactly. Yep. 
that was it smashing she were actually at a uh, like a big family well not a family but family friends picnic when i would have probably been about 10 so she was 12 or 13 and one of the fathers who was there got really pissed off because she was just smashing like, tennis <laughs> balls all over the place and scoring more runs than he did anyway uh it was getting towards the end and my dad says oh hey jack you know we better wrap this up like old mates starting to get a bit shirty and she's like oh yeah and she said to me she said watch this smack the tennis ball straight down the chimney <laughs> gun a gun yeah well well done jackie nobody else is playing you're not playing old selfo <laughs> and then she, no richard then, ran out with his ball covered in soot it was cool then she ate the last of the fairy bread smashed the window and went home <laughs> <laughs> she'll fuck with you be careful <laughs> no, she's great value she's awesome have a look on page 67 i know it's an ad but i can choose what the fuck i want Rolls crispos oh, yeah. uh xr is it yep i'm choosing it just because it's a fucking awesome car it's an ad couldn't give a fuck i'm choosing it yeah. There's a some on page 132, Simon, a favourite of yours. Hang on, mate. Just let me flick forward 5,000 pages. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you meant... Out of fucking poster. 132, you got voted out of... Oh, yeah, scorpions <laughs> are cool. Good work. I, I like the way they call it a sleeper. Daniel Peachy's comment of, and a couple of years ago was great. He goes, why the fuck are you guys calling a HG... Monaro, a sleeper. Fair enough, it's got nothing hanging out of the bonnet. What's next? A top fueler with a patina fucking sunshades, a sleeper? <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that. It was in the ladder. He, he always uh, contributes. Page 90. Let's go to page 90. Ah, that's what I wanted to mention about this car. Just wet my finger to turn the page. <laughs> that's your story and you're sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> page, page 90. Vic Peter Brockman's Holden Wagon. I love that five-litre badge on the front guard. That five-litre badge would look good on a fucking tennis racket. It would make a tennis racket look like a street car. It is a great yeah. badge. But when you it? have a look at that photo, when I first flicked the page, I thought it had a shaker because we've been talking about shakers lately. Oh, yeah. That car was my runner-up for rig of the month. That is so beautiful. Yeah, but that just it pushed me almost to, I thought, wow, a shaker would look awesome in that. Right, if it's not too, too hard, can you flick to page 152? I know you have to go the other way. Oh, Fuck, we're milking that. <laughs> See the purple one-tonner? Oh, yeah. Up yep. the top? See that big dog? I reckon its name's either Marlin or Patch Marlin because there's a Marlin beer or Patch because it's got a big patch. I'm learning a lot about cars for this podcast uh, during this podcast, but I already know a shitload about dogs. I know that dog is a master farter. Have a look at his face. I bet you that. <laughs> have a look. It's got that look. I see that dog, and that fuck is not coming anywhere near this fucking house. Have a look at it. Am I right? You are so dead right. He's got the guts for it. Yep. That's why. He would have got delivered with papers. Yeah, fucking shit house paper. <laughs> Filthy fuck. <laughs> You'd be sitting down to have dinner, and he would crop dust the house. You'd have to leave and eat dinner at the front, I reckon. I look at that fucking... It'd just linger. You could see it. It'd be this green gas. There's a moment of man and wolf, of you know, of man and wolf, and I look at that dog, and he looks back, and I know, oh, no, you're going to fart, and he's like, you're fucked. <laughs> oh, oh, can the dog come with you? And I go, he's not getting anywhere near this fucking car. Fucking mud guts. Page 48. It's the Southern Rod and Customs story. Yes, the uh, feature. Written mm. by Craig Tough XY Parker, and the photos are by Limpy. If you have a look, a hey, spotter, blonde, black 57 Chev. See oh, it? nice. Yep. But on page 48, look right at the top, and you'll see a few Falcons all around there. See that photo at the top with XP to Envy for number plates? 
Yes. Look yeah. at the background. Every single one of them cars has got a Cleveland motor in it. Most likely, yeah. Ah, because you can see all the oil up. See all that oil in the background on the shelves, yeah? <laughs> They're keeping that closed. They're rattling fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> that was a really great story, actually. And I must say, it's kind of not surprising, but it is about he mentions customers they have that just don't drive the cars and he kind of irritates them a little bit or customers that haven't even seen their cars. Well, listen, It's just a world so far removed from, I guess, how I live my car life. So, but then again, I'm no high flyer. I don't have a shitload of money or anything like that. And it just it just seems weird to me. Well, that's exact in brackets. That's the, the comment. Listen to this, page uh, 49. This is in one of the captions with the blue XP. Quote, despite this neat 66 XP coupe being completed for summer that's 2015, its owner, Dean Weldon, is yet to see it in real life. Yeah. Wow. It just seems like a real pity, I think. I kind of bring... I'll stick up for them guys at that level as much as I'll stick up for the guy with the, the Gemini with the racing stripe he done himself. They are as integral part of our sport as anybody because it's not a sport, I beg your pardon. They are as, as important part of our hobby, our scene, as anything. The guys with the resources, I don't envy them sorry i do envy them i don't disregard them or say oh it's a checkbook bill no they're welcome i'm glad because you know the same guy's probably got 15 interstate trucks he's probably got a helicopter and a couple of units at bondi so if he wants he can just buy a fucking unit in paris and go and spend his summers there so he's he's got that life going on there but you know what he wants a local australian car so i welcome him as much as i welcome anybody Look, I definitely welcome that too. And at the end of the day, people can do whatever the hell they want to do with their cars. I guess I just can't imagine being in that position where I'd have that problem, which is a bit of a shame, well, I'm a, really. I'm a driver. But... My, my side is I drive. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me as well. And I think the work that guys like Shane Rowe and his team do, it keeps raising the bar for our scene. It's never going to go stale. We're not going to turn to a restorer scene where you're going to have a lineup of 50 cars that are identical so now, that's a bonus. And my last one, I'll bail out with this, is the gentleman, what page 24? This is just, this is the most outstanding thing for me in the magazine. This is brilliant. It's not numbered, so it's, uh, you have to just scroll through and find the page in your stuff. Paul Belletti, have a read that story, people. That is awesome. Written in, couldn't agree more. Written in couldn't ice, agree more. He's written it in iceberg style, what I call iceberg style, too. So um, that wraps up, in fact, that wraps up all my Bible studies and my special mention. So, Simon, do you want to? Continue on, please. Gus, have you got anything, or do you want to tag on to mine again? Um, like fuck. <laughs> no, uh, uh, just, uh, like <laughs> <laughs> I reckon uh, special mention, page, oh shit, what is it? 72, bottom left, mm-hmm. the mullet kid. Oh, oh yeah. Yep, Andrew yep. Blander from Abbotsbury, New South Wales, came to the show along with his dad, who drives an LS3-powered VF Commodore. Of course he does. Yeah. And he said the chips were fucking tops. <laughs> <laughs> Epic mullet. Love me a mullet. Another special mention, Boris, our own Boris, won a trophy drag racing in Perth at the Nostalgia oh, Drags. Yeah. Yeah, Congratulations, mate. He took it the out. Long-term ownership of that car. Good work. And it's a daily. It's, it's his family car, mm. you know. It's um, it's not tucked away in the, in the shed anywhere. That's cool. Uh, Definitely um, not. And the last one here is old mate Phil Edmondson. He oh yeah, yeah. Has just uh, isn't that Matto? With him. Sorry, isn't that Matto three fifty ones, mate? Phil, is it? Uh, possibly. Maybe. I think it might yeah. be. Everyone, yeah. 
everyone's mates with Phil. He's a, he's a Kiwi bro. He's a he's a New Zealand bogan, which means he's a brogan. Good bloke. <laughs> my wife's got my wife's got a mean left hook, man. You cook your fucking own eggs at my joint. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It'd be funny if it wasn't so disturbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, Phil I had lunch with Phil last week, and he was telling me the story about how he, uh, you know, with discussions with his engine builder that they were going to do a, a bit of a upgrade his the combo on the car and build the motor all fresh and whatnot. And then all it took was for him to spend 30 seconds looking on Facebook and see Frank Marchese selling a set of uh, twin precision turbos. And all that went out the window with Phil's big <laughs> single that he was going to buy. And uh, Phil, Phil <laughs> built the twin turbos off Frank and they've had to change everything around now. So uh, that should be interesting. He's, he's talking about 1,500 horsepower at the flywheel. So... Fast. Uh, nice. Should be good for low eights all day, and and hopefully we'll get a seven out of it. Phil doesn't have a lot of time to tune his car, and there's not a lot of race meets here in South Australia for him to go to when he's got time off work. So Phil tends to just upgrade the car to go faster. Yeah. So, if he could ever spend a couple of days tuning the bloody thing, it'd probably run a three second quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last time he tuned anything in that car, he messed around with the uh, the rear end in it and changed the pinion angle and stuff like that, which he hadn't done since he upgraded the, the rear end, and he dropped almost a whole second. So he went from running nines Jesus. to eights. So, um, That's the go. Like, it, that thing is quick, and I tell you what, if he if he can spend some time tuning the bloody thing and sorting it out, it... Uh, It'd take over the world, I reckon. Fuck yeah, car that ain't Oh, and it's a tough car too. Yeah, it looks awesome. Gus, I'm going to ask you a really long shot question. This is a really <laughs> stupid question. You're going to be shaking your head going, what am I, Facebook? Now, did you go to Plimpton High in Adelaide? What uh, high school did you go to? Oh, you don't have to tell us which high school you go to. I'll, Just a yes, a confirm a denial on, on I went Plimpton. To, I went to Marion. Okay. I live Plimpton, but uh, I went to Marion. See, that's where I think I'm thinking there's a connection here. Do you know by any chance my best mate in primary school was a fella called Wayne Gasmere, who I think is mixed up in the car. I haven't seen him probably since the early 80s. And he, I think, went to Plimpton High maybe. I don't know if you by any miracle would know him I at all. I don't know the name. Probably not. Yeah, it's not a common name. He used to live in New Street in Plimpton. His, his um, folks ran milk trucks and stuff and we were like because our sisters were friends they went to school together too and then you know like how your families become friends so yeah i just thought if by any chance you knew him i haven't seen him for years he was a really good guy and um yeah anyway there you go did he go definitely someone else might know him sorry did he definitely go to plimpton high i'm pretty sure he did i'm pretty sure he went to plimpton high he's a 73 model ah no sorry he'd be a year above me he'd be a 72 model so yeah uh we went to primary school together and then obviously we left, we left, we shifted to Queensland, and I'm pretty positive that he went to Plimpton High, and I thought you did too. Anyway, that's where I was trying to make the connection. No, uh, I don't. No, I didn't go there, but I, the name is very familiar. I'm sure we yeah, have mutual okay. friends. Possibly, yes. Yeah, not a common name, so anyway, there you go. Um, did you have any more special mentions at all? No, I'm done. Gustafa? All right. I'm going to smash out a few very quickly. Now, a lot of these have you, you've covered off, which is really easy, gentlemen. Page 24, the letters, the one you were talking about, Red, 
Paul Belotta's email regarding his HR wagon. It was top elite wagon and top 60. Yep. How fucking impressive is that, building that in a gazebo in your front yard? Um, and it impresses the shit out of me, that's for sure. It's written in the iceberg style too, an understated kind of Aussie way. Like someone else would like, I don't fuck the time with this moving on from that couple of pages the barra camaro that car cops a lot of shit but i think it's pretty cool and you know what unless someone's doing something better you, you probably should leave it alone but if you flick up to page 37 if you look at the rear shot of mike king's that's wayne's brother by the way <laughs> his xm hardtop i love i absolutely love the way the exhausts come through the rear bumper bar but they've done the character lines around the openings. Yeah. That was a fantastic story, actually. Photos and words. Words were by Marv and photos by Limpy again. <laughs> is, is, is that Marv from VL Tuna magazine? Yeah, yeah. Ian, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Flick over to page 88, please, gents. Got it. Alan oh, Clark, yeah. his FJ Holden, he's been building that thing for 50 years, five decades, and looks like he's finally getting it towards the end. So good on you, mate. That's You're the most persistent person I've ever met in the entire world, I think. But no, that's a great... I love I love custom humpies from the 60s and 70s and whatever. I think they're a great cornerstone of our hot car scene. So good on him, mate. I hope he gets it done. And on page 89, there's Lucifer in front of his hot rod. <laughs> That was actually my special mention, not the fact that he looks like Lucifer, but now you mention it, <laughs> I can see the resemblance. But I do love the uh, rebuild Michael Morris has done of the, uh, Gary Wright's 32 Roadstar. Yes, so a nice car, that mate. pretty much, yes, big Love time. That wraps that. up my special mentions. But can you guys finish this out with a reader's rocket each, please? Gus, would you like to go first or copy Simons? I'll copy Simons. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron and Mary Dewberry's LX. It's awesome. Got such a set of rumble pipes hanging by the wheels. I like the 15-inch wheels. I like the number plate. Ooh, LX. Really awesome car. Oh, you're home early. (laughs) Yep, that's my reader's rocket. Gus, do you have one? I don't. (laughs) I'm just going to... Hang on, I wheel in a second. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, no, go for it. Sorry, you choose. There is three. So you can just have the one that I don't choose, and that rounds out everyone beautifully. Yeah, all right. Which Which one are you doing? I did the Ute. Oh man, Gus, you're choosing Thomas J- uh, Jason Thomas's XP Falcon Coupe because you really love the way the distributor central in the photo, and you love Dizzy's the way the top photo sits with them fat tires. The polished slots really harks back to a lot of Adelaide stuff, and you really enjoy the wood grain steering wheel on that car. That's true. Thanks for rounding that up for me, mate. <laughs> Three dollars, you owe me. All right, done. <laughs> Mail. I'll take a chicken roll. Fucking love a chicken roll. Oh, I'm actually really hungry myself. My reader's rocket was Brad McGill's XW Ute. It's clean and tidy. I love the combo of the 351 Clevo, two and a half grand stall, three five gears. That would be a great cruiser. That, for me, just edged out Gus's choice of the XP. Probably the only thing that killed me a little on that XP was the wheels. But, you know, I've got mental issues with those things, that's all. But, um, no, great car, beautiful car. Otherwise, love the colour, love the coupes. It'd be very tough to follow up being having a coupe in this magazine after the cover car, but I think it's super tough. And I've got to tell you, mate, the quality of the readers' rockets these days, some of them are on par with feature cars, no question. Love them. In our, in our next episode, we're definitely doing some throwback between thong slappers and readers' rockets, more of a, a moot-based thing, but Jason Thomas's coupe, an, an XP coupe shot from the rear, you could rub Coco's dog shit in your eyes and an XP coupe would look good from the back. 
Oh, no question. And look, just get me out to Whipperstip and that shit will fly my eyes even without trying. So <laughs> that's easy done. Hey, that wraps us up for episode 28, gents. Now, listen, Gus, I know we kind of dropped you into the Coco shit regarding the choice of 2005. Three. It really probably didn't... 2003, you spaz. You spaz wank. (laughs) (laughs) Spaz wank? 2003. So... You know, it probably wasn't really using you to your ability that we could. So, look, I know you've already done three episodes with us. Would you be keen on coming back for episode 29 and joining us for 1975? Are you seeing this yet? Or is that... Uh, 75 sounds like a bit of me. What year were you born? Were you born in 75? 74. Okay. No worries. Well, so on that, we'd love to have you back for that next episode. We'll be discussing 1975, and we've got some vice versas and bits and pieces to throw in there, plus our usual wrap-up. And, uh, of course, before we go, the special thanks, St. Lucy, Queen Deb, Simon Telford at Street Machine Magazine, and all the people out there who have been getting on and enjoying our podcast and also the Instagram page. Never before have I seen such a collection of great people come together discussing cool shit about cars. I'm just... It's amazing how many old-school aficionados have come out of the woodwork and are just sending us pics of cool cars from back in the day and just loving all this shit that's sort of almost being a little bit lost to time. So thank you to everyone for joining us on that. It's great. Now, Redmond, you've got a special announcement before we go. Yes, I'm pregnant. Oh, God. Well, I'm not the bloody father. You can't fucking try and blame me this time. You've done this to me. One thing that we've, we've definitely done in the... We've actually got a garage, Simon and I. It's called the uh, Thong Slappers Garage. We've made a little trophy. It's called the Thong Slappers Mutti. It's a bit of a play on the smutty, obviously, and we've decided to award it to the Mutt of the Year. And this someone who very unselfishly joins in, does a lot of work, gives us heaps and heaps of help here at the uh, Thong Slappers Podcast. So I'd like to award this to Bob Cottmel. Congratulations, Bob. The real winner, the real winner, is Tim Barnett. He's, he's a guy that's on our, he does cover car, your cover car, bits and pieces like that. But uh, he does a hell of a lot of stuff for us behind the scenes. He enjoys the podcast. Him and I send stuff. He made a number plate for me. I sent him a magazine. He enjoyed There's a lot of to and fro. I rang him the other day when I had a problem with the Toyota Hilux because I've, I've seen these, his works for Toyota. He's been a really helpful guy. Thanks very much. And there's heaps of guys that I need to thank. Brett Abraham. Uh, with his, his car 35, the bash car. There's Gus, you, of course. I mean, Simon, Broads, Chubby. The guys at Yellow Terror, we need to do another post for them to thank them for helping us out with the, some prizes. Oh, everybody at Street Machine. I don't bother naming too many people at Street Machine. I'm just glad the magazine still exists and the guys behind the scenes. Thanks thanks for all that. Yeah, so that's my, yeah. my bit. Anyone you want to thank, Gus? Just because you can? Uh, I want to thank God. Um, yeah, no, definitely not going to thank him. Well, wrapping us up, we look forward to speaking to you guys about 1975 in episode 29. That'll be fun. You ready? Here's the acoustic extra. Sounds good. I'll speak to you guys soon. You full size? Quarter pounders, McNuggets, fillet of fish on McChockers. Well, it's a good thing they forgot to give you your fries then. Hurry up, I'll be getting cold. Can't go any faster unless you give me some extra power. Okay. Let her rip, Sarge.